But um, before when we did that, since we started the um, Collier and Foul, we've been very consistent. Yes, yes, year and a half, year and a half. Yeah. But we tried to do a video recording. I think this is now episode ninety six. So we started. Yeah, we're starting. We're starting. Okay. This you is can it. keep getting ready. I think the listeners probably don't care. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm getting my notes out here right now. Got a little extra preparation for this. Um, last episode, I'd say, was one of our better episodes we've had yet. It's it getting funny. getting a lot of good feedback. Uh, I mean, we we did a good job picking apart that issue. I still don't know exactly what is and what is not taught in Hempfield schools. But <laughs> what got the lead that got buried was Ukraine. In the conversation that we finished with, I got a lot of my ideas in, but they were in an incoherent fashion. It's just me and you, Craig, yeah. here today. And what where we're gonna, is Alec? We didn't. We included him in the our organization of the show, but I assumed mm-hmm. he just recorded three days ago. He was going to go again. Oh, I said we're just looping him. That's why it was such a good episode. We're looping him back in. At the yeah. same time, we got derailed on almost every subject. <laughs> the Ukraine issue is actually something where I believe we have something to add. Where like the issue is, is if you turn on the news right now, you just don't know what to believe. Mm-hmm. If you've been watching it every day, if you haven't been watching it at all, you just tune in this week. You're Rooting for the, I mean, it, it's the best shot movie mm-hmm. I've seen the news do in a very long time. And you're really pulling for these Ukrainian people. But if you've been, if you know anything that's going on behind the scenes, they're in a very bleak situation. It's it's interesting that the timing happened when Joe Biden had to give his first State of the Union. Okay, let me get this plugged. Yeah, that's right. I'm not ready yet. Let me get this plugged in here. What do you, the mistake I made in the last episode is I asked Alec how, what do you want to start, chronologically or with the current situation? <laughs> and that descended into no actual organization whatsoever. Yeah. In this one, we have Biden just gave the State of the Union with, the, the, so I'm going to open with this, and then we're going to break down the history, and we're going to get into, I guess, which we never really end up doing. What's very odd about the State of the Union clips yeah. Is I'm seeing across social media all the blunders that happen. Oh, it's just you. But then I go on YouTube and search to look for it. Now, maybe I just didn't dig deep enough. But its initial results just give me the few sentences, which is literally how long was it? Like an hour? Hour, hour and 20 minutes. That's why. Hour 20 minutes. The bar was could, and could Joe go over an hour without fainting? This is this is the thing I noticed from his friendly news sources. They can only compile about like two minutes of coherent sentences, and then those are your highlights. They're not even points that are like good for him to bring up. They're just coherent sentences, so they post them as highlights. Meanwhile, you go across like Instagram, any political v- on Instagram or Twitter. All you get is the blunders. There's more blunder time. Okay, yeah, but what blunder? Now, now there are two blunders specifically that stick out in my mind. You're tra- and you're thinking the burn pits. The burn pits. Nancy Pelosi does yeah. that little hand shimmy, where it's like you do that when you're so excited you can't contain yourself. Mm-hmm. Biden was talking about trying to vindicate the people who uh, we had during. He thinks it's Iran. Y- yes, but the, the, which is, I mean, honestly, that's a screw up. But isn't he reading off a teleprompter? I don't know how. how my, I assume he is. Uh, How do you screw that I, up? As somebody who watches Trump speak every time, mm-hmm. this was as on point as he's been. His, but those mistakes he makes to a point that they're accepted. 
yeah. that those aren't even considered blunders for him. Well, yeah, I understand that like the Iran thing is he's got he's killing so many people every day he can't so keep Iran, track of who's Afghanistan, getting killed. We're hopping all around. Which he's, all I know around. he's not killing people in Ukraine yet. <laughs> well, no, what's more surprising is he appeared added up. Like it's not Joe Biden doesn't speak. Yeah, after but then three o'clock in the afternoon. The Iran thing though, it had Kamala sitting behind. I she mouthed the correct answer when he said as he said the wrong answer. Did she do that to like show? I think she's sitting back there showing like I'm the competent one. Elect me next time. Well, it's okay. See that that's what we're getting to. I, this is why I wanted to set this up in a timeline. Okay, is because what I might eventually make an argument of. Is, is that Kamala fears this is the speech she's supposed to be making. When she signed up to be Biden's VP, mm-hmm. she was going to be subbed in pretty quick. This is one of those, they knew they had a COVID emergency pandemic where you weren't going to run a traditional campaign. What do you think's happening? Why is he still there? Because I think they've gone rogue. I think Joe Biden, I don't know if you saw that clip I sent today, when Joe Biden pressed a button on his hand and deactivated him mm-hmm. during the press, he was trying to do chopper talk, walking <laughs> around answering questions from the press, mm-hmm. and he started getting pinned at the end of the line. Jill makes a beeline from the helicopter. Security, Secret Service, makes like a point. Like, oh my God, someone's running the president. Oh no, it's just Jill. Instead of shouting, hey Joe, we gotta go. Walks the whole way up to him, taps him on the arm. That's when Joe realizes, you know when he keeps going, they tell me I can't talk? Mm -hmm. They tell me not to do this? That they is Jill. Yeah. It's not necessarily Ron McClain and his staff. I would think Jill, and this is where it got derailed with Alec, Hunter, his family, has a vested interest in it. Mm-hmm. Where we look at this as if you're on the right, you want to view this as a vast, like either side wants to view it as vast conspiracy. It's just that his family needs him in office yes. to make money. Yes, in the DNC, it's really hurting their brand the longer that he stays in and fumbles around. So it's in the DNC's best interest to get him out as quickly so as possible. Do you think there was an agreement that he would get out and they just have said, well, I, screw that. I, I, no, I think there was an assumption, not an agreement. Uh, I don't think Jill or Hunter ever actually said, yeah, we know that he's only going to be here for a year. You think they Hunter were would sell assuming his paintings. He's die? Jill would Jill would set up her potentially political career. You she can run for the Delaware there was, Senate. There's no side conversations with Jill where she maybe reassured them he would step down. No. You know no. I mean? No. I, I no. I, I don't. But that's. Mm. But before we get to that, let's because a lot of things. That's that's a complex answer for me. So I I guess as of now, before I lay out my argument here, I don't know. Mm. I'm I am having a difficulty right now understanding the relationship between Biden's hardcore team, Jill Hunter McLean, mm-hmm. the DNC and CNN, because over the past week, CNN and Fox, beside, on the exception of Tucker Carlson, have made a concerted effort to make everybody watching sympathize with the Ukrainian people. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're us. We have both channels have correspondence embedded in the capital Mm -hmm. places that are actually getting surrounded by the russian military on one hand they're saying putin's about to nuclear bomb the capital Mm -hmm. on the next they actually have living people in there cnn i joke they probably have a battalion they probably have about 100 people if you took the cameras if they quit shooting movies and started shooting russians and he gave him a gun instead of a camera it would probably be more effective Mm -hmm. but right now what they what they're conveying to the rest of the world is these people are us they speak our language they work similar jobs to us. They what it, they speak our language? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, everyone on that they get on the news networks does. But yeah, well, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Ukraine who can speak English. There, there's a big debate in Ukrainian politics, pro um, Europe versus pro Russia, because mm-hmm. they're actually on the border, and that it makes sense. 
It's well, just they, you know they have their own language, Ukrainian. Yes, but half the country, I think one third of the country speaks Russian. I don't want to say another third speaks English. Yeah, and some speak Slavic. Remember, they're not going to play people. I mean, even when they do play someone that doesn't speak English, they have a, a, a what's that? Damn, forgetting easy words. Russian is the one. Translator, my, translator. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you're assuming they're translating them correctly. Right, that's the thing. But even what I'm looking at now isn't saying anything about English. I mean, I'm sure a second language, a lot of people there. I'm sure across the world, a lot of people are. If you want to deal with the EU, yes, but no, no, see, this is where hold on, but we're getting derailed. We're getting we're getting derailed. This is supposed to be a state of the union. I'm listening. I'm just no, I, I know, but th- this is not. This has nothing to do with what I was talking yeah, about. Um, I'm trying to make it so if you're just to if you just heard the state of the union mm-hmm. and are trying to figure out where we stand as a country, for the past week, it has been if you are a neocon. If you are one of the main anchors on CNN or Fox, you are arguing go to war. Now, Fox is using this as an opportunity to make Democrats look weak. CNN, is kind of, it seems to be encouraging Biden and giving them an excuse to go to war. Bernie is oddly kind of like, I'd argue a little more pro-war than, let's say, Jimmy Dore who Jimmy Dore is very clearly here trying to argue that there are two sides to this discussion and how many lives are willing to... This, 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 is, this is a very, very complex decision, but Jimmy Dore represents the populists. Hillary Clinton, um, Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, Eric Swalwell, they represent the neocons. Tucker and Jimmy Dore, Donald and that... So Tucker and Jimmy Dore represent the populists. You got um, the Hillary-Cheney angle on the neocons. Then you have Trump. Trump's argument is that this wouldn't be happening if he was president. He shouldn't have to pick a hypothetical. Clearly right now, if you're watching the news, the strong thing to do is blow up this convoy. They got a 40 million, 40 mile convoy. Blow it up, move forward, and be like, like stop Russia from... Uh, I guess I think a lot of maybe your listeners are thinking we have a military chance of stopping this, which... As we'll get to, you do, but it also does not appear we have any chance of taking it. So, if you're CNN right now, you're the big thing that Biden could have done during his. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm reading Bernie Sanders' Twitter feed, and I don't even think he cares that it, Putin is killing people. It's just that he's so much more wealthy. Than the people it's, that he's yes, but, but but it's interesting. That's all he cares about. He literally just cares about how rich. If, he is. if you want on chunky yogurt, Chank from the Young Turks, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. As you would think, like, normally populist Democrats, Bernie, and the Young Turks are going to be anti-war because this is starting to smell a lot like mm-hmm. weapons of mass destruction. This is looking a lot like the only bipartisanship we have on the Capitol Hill is among the people who stand to make money if we go to war. And that's dangerous. Like I said, the last time that happened is the war in Iraq mm-hmm. or the war in the Middle East, war in terror, whatever you want to call it. We all agreed that we had to move in to save the world. And right, right now, right. on the on the weapons of mass destruction, to stop the war at the terror. time, at the time, but that that's what got that, that's in what hindsight. Once yeah. you get yeah, but what, that took ten years to get out of that. It wasn't well, it until two thousand. It just became for us to become aware of that. Bush was alive. <laughs> right now, it they're trying to make an argument that we're getting the Cold War is reignited, mm-hmm. and you could make an argument that not only is it reignited, it's a hot war now that we have going on in Russia. 
But either way, for Biden, to, if if you want to help, if you're okay, so, so if you're subscribing to the neocon mentality, if you want to help the Ukraine, we need to send an aerial support now. Danger of that, Russia currently commands the airspace, so there's a chance that similar to Jimmy Carter in the in the Iranian hostage crisis 40 years ago. You send in troops over that desert, mm-hmm. once they get in the enemy skyline, they can be gunned down at any moment, and that's a lot of soldiers that die publicly in a failed mission. Jimmy Carter did that. They died. He quit trying. You can make an argument he should have kept trying, but either way, how many lives are not palpable? Not, these are American lives. Mm-hmm. How, how many lives can you actually send over? When you look at the way Russia spaced out, it looks like we could get them pretty quickly. We like Since they're in a line... You just shut out the front and the back, and they're kind of clogged. How do you move tanks when you manage to take out two roadways? Russia's made various threats. We talked about this last time. I don't know how serious they are. That's the neocon's perspective. The Trump's perspective is, if I was in charge, we wouldn't have closed the Keystone Pipeline. That we would be able to more efficiently sanction Russian energy, boycott buying petroleum from them, Europe specifically, if we could back them. If Europe could say, no, we're not going to be funding Russia anymore, we're not going to be paying them money to keep this war going, then they need alternative energy. And there's no amount of wind or solar or anything that we could do now besides actively start drilling again to get the price down. As long as the price is up, it's good for Russia because Russia's chief export is oil. So as long, whatever we do that keeps tracking that up with no attempt to increase the supply. So we're increasing the demand by taking out one of the suppliers. Mm-hmm. But we're not drilling anymore for ourselves. That's not going to... I mean, it, But that, the Democrats foolish. like that. It's what we're doing. Because they want to force us. They don't want to let it happen naturally. We like it would happen. It would just take a little bit longer. Which means more time to develop these alternative sources. I'm all for it. But they want to make the process happen quicker. Not And not even the process I'm saying as developing the energy source so that it's better for us like more efficient and more worth it. They just want to force our hand to go and start using it. Yeah. And, and that we, we talked about that in the last one. Mm-hmm. That's what I think we don't have a Democrat here. I agree with you. It, that's a very artificial way to try and say that How renewable energy is better than fossil fuels. Yeah. That, that, however though, this is how this conversation spirals. That's not, that's a byproduct of 20 years of fighting. Yeah. And, one of the problems that Joe Biden had with his State of the Union was if you look at the, especially the most current events, we commented that they spend three months writing this. This is supposed to be the rallying point for the next year. Well, all of a sudden, this Ukrainian crisis kind of put a damper on the whole messaging. So if you're Joe Biden, how do you start this speech? How do you do this positively? Like what right now is normally if you want to give a State of the Union, you want to start positive. You don't want to dwell on the negative. You've been president for a year. You don't want to say we're, we didn't start the fire. Well, what? <laughs> that I think would have the best thing he could have done oh is go, this was always burning. But the thing is, it's always been burning because him and his family have been at the center of it. That's the problem. He's uh, He's been involved so the whole time. So he can't time. do that. He can't do that. He can't come yeah. out and say, like, this isn't my problem. I, I Kamala Harris could have claimed that. That's yeah. why I think you saw a weird body language from her. Mm-hmm. Is that She could have came out and go, listen, I'm not responsible for what Hunter and Obama did in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That's not my fault. I'm just trying to fix it. You know, I, I I didn't start the COVID virus. I didn't start the vaccines. I'm just trying to... There's, there's a bunch of ways she could play. I, I, I This isn't my fault. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen, and Joe Biden is in charge. 
And what he proceeded to do was basically claim victory on behalf he did on behalf of Ukraine. He started trash talking Putin a lot and a glorifying similar to the major news networks, the actions of Ukraine. At the same time, he wouldn't give them the one thing they asked for, and that was air support. Without air support, they can't do anything. Anything at all. They've lost the they've lost the seats so, in the Crimea. So what is numbered on the ground? What does Putin get out of winning this? Because he's sanctioned across the board, his his market's in the tank. He is okay. So if that's what, if you if you're buying in the Fox narrative or the Hillary narrative, yeah, he's reeling. At the same time, he is in alliance right now with China, being the number one country, mm-hmm. India, and Iran, Saudi Arabia. So when we say he's cut off, well, he has some big names. Then that's a yeah, pretty right. big Honest, counter to yeah. the UN. So it's like when we say he's cut off, he's made a deal with China that he's going to be supplying their energy. He, as long as the price of gas is up, he'll make money. Now I don't know the situation of the ruble. That's the Russian dollar. A lot of people on Fox are claiming that it's crashing. He's suspended being able to trade it internationally. I don't know the details of that. So that that's that's where I'm I'm trying to avoid those Fox and CNN don't know the details. This is the fog of war. How many troops died yesterday? On either side of the conflict, well, Russia says one number, Ukraine says another, America says one number, Great Britain says a number. How do you pick one? This goes back a thousand years in war. Is everybody would go and they'd underreport the number of lives they've lost, and they've they'd overreport the number of lives they took. Mm-hmm. That's that's the nature of that's the fog of war. We're not going to get those stats in the real time, which is why I think the history is so important. And that's what I, after I play. I'm sorry again. I'm still looking at what the liberals are upset about. It seems to me they're mainly upset with how wealthy some of these Russian oligarchs are. You have to find something. They have a map located showing where all their yachts are. In New are York, at. do you have the around. Um, There's one. Cent- Central Park, New York. They have like $500 billion worth of property. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. York. Yeah, they own all these. These, uh, so it's like, okay, how, how are you helping the Russian or the Ukrainian people if you take the oligarchs' money? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to move it to Bitcoin or move it to something where they can, well, they they can, can make se- a liquid. They could seize the house. They could. If if How much money do these guys have? Like, how, how much time do they spend in their one New York house? Well, they're probably, like, renting it. Yeah, and they say, uh, the report I saw is these places go unoccupied for three quarters of the year. So they're just parking money over there. Yeah, it's just assuming that this would never happen. Because America would never, because they're not going to make money off of it. It's not like they're ever going to rest. Mm-hmm. Like you got his property now, great. Now you got to sell it to someone else. How do they know where all these yachts are at? That's what's crazy. <laughs> One's like in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> okay, let, let, let me get let me get back on track here. I just want to know why Democrats hate people for being rich so much. I know, but that's not seeing that. But that that's there it's are so many. It's a warm different holes. topic, but like, what? Why is that? What it, they're going? It, they're it, it makes about. it tough to have a conversation about this when you have Russia, Ukraine, Hunter, Mueller, tax the rich, Bernie, populist. You can spin this in a thousand different partisan directions and not believe anybody who goes in any one of them because mm-hmm. they clearly have an agenda. So it's very difficult for us as citizens, even somebody like we watch the news so you don't have to. Watching the news right now, it's they clearly have motives. So it makes it a lot more difficult to tell where the narrative's going to go because their motives clearly do not align with their audiences. 
but they're trying to pitch them. They're propaganda in different angles. So here we have CNN has been pitching, go to war, go to war, go to war. The big question tonight, this is the one thing I want our audience to realize. Everybody in Ukraine with an internet connection was hanging on his speech, every single word. Every single word they were waiting for him to say they'd send the air support. Because what they're showing is they're willing to provide the ground. But as long as they can get carpet bombed, as long as the tanks can just keep like surrounding them and closing the circle and closing the circle, they're going to get starved. This is an 18th century, 19th century medieval siege tactic. It was just performed recently by Trudeau in Canada. Where the idea is, is you don't have to get violent with them if you just surround them and no one's willing to do anything about it. And right now, Russia, for whatever reason, does not like because the way he's surrounding the city leaves him vulnerable if if and only if someone's willing to attack. He appears confident enough that no one is. And Ukraine's saying, listen, if you just hit him with a couple of the job, if you just hit him with a couple tactical bombs, Mm -hmm. we can do the rest. But we're not. We're not doing that. And CNN and Fox are encouraging it. But as you're going to listen to Joe Biden here, and more importantly, listen to who, this is Fox Daytime, Fox Legitimate News, Dana Perino, Bill Helmer. They're interviewing a, I believe it is a a parliament, a, the, a member of the Ukrainian parliament who is currently in America was on hand for Biden's State of the Union. And watch her response to this because it was so disappointing. Let's see if I can get it correctly here. Putin sought to shake the very foundations of the free world, but he badly miscalculated. We, the United States of America, stand with the Ukrainian people. But let me be clear, our forces are not engaged and will not engage in the conflict with Russian forces in Ukraine. So that was topic one last night, President Biden talking tough against Putin. So notice after those big talks, he goes, we will not be sending any troops in. Also making clear that U.S. troops will not take part in the fight against Russia. Alexandra Ustinova, a member of the Ukrainian parliament, was there last night with us today. And good morning to you. What did you think of the address that uh, our president had for, for your people and Vladimir Putin? Well, to be honest, probably all Ukrainians who had access to internet, even from the bomb shelters, were watching this address because uh, our lives depend on it. And when we've heard that uh, uh, there would be no uh, American troops in Ukraine, that's what we have been asking for. We're not asking for American soldiers to fight for us. We can do it on our own. We're asking to protect our sky. And when the president says they will not be in the conflict, this is not a conflict. This is a war. This is a public execution of Ukrainians in front of the whole world that everybody's watching 24-7. How our kids get killed, how our cities are being bombed, and this is in the middle of Europe. We had memorandums, we had treaties. We are an associated member of the European Union. So we were promised the protection when we gave up our nuclear weapons in the 90s. What happens now? Nobody wants to even help us with the... And that, that's the big thing I wanted to bring up is, is in the, when she says she gave up her nuclear weapons in the 90s, part of the, um, when we said the Cold War was dead in the late 80s, 1990, whatever year you want to con- completely attribute to that, a lot of the agreements that these NATO countries made to get into the EU is that they wouldn't house nukes. 
mm-hmm. because the concern was is they could be reoccupied by Russia at any moment. So that if they held nuclear weapons and Russia were to take hold, because remember, the Cold War was between us, NATO, specifically America and Europe, versus Russia. And the battlegrounds were those states in between, Ukraine being the one closest to Russia, Poland, the one on Europe. Mm -hmm. There's about four or five on either side. When we first in the 90s made this agreement, NATO was only about 15 to 20 nations. Over the course of the next 20 years, it would add on a lot of these battleground states. That's where Russia felt threatened. That was where they thought the need that as soon as Ukraine is about to get pulled into the EU, other words NATO, other words an alliance with America, then they have their enemy at their doorstep. So what this lady's making is is the only way that Ukraine could have stayed independent right now is if they had nuclear bombs. When they decided to make an agreement agreement with the EU, they gave up this defense against Putin where he could just surround them and starve them out. They have no alternative. They need America to use their nuclear weapons since Ukraine doesn't have them. Yeah. And they're basically asking either if we get in or they're going to die. We're not- so let's um just take a lesson. Don't give up your, your and I, weapons. So, <laughs> so let's go back. And I guess this is where this is the State of the Union. We don't want to become Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned actually what we're seeing in this country right now is putting us in a position where 10 to 20 years from now, depending on how warfare develops, we could be occupied. Ukraine is in a unique position to be occupied if they have no defense to their western flank, i.e. NATO. Mm -hmm. Taiwan's going to be a different issue because it's going to be a naval war. This is land. It's a lot more difficult. It's a lot easier to possess land than it is to try and storm a beach. So when, if the Chinese try and move on Taiwan, the question is, is what kind of military help are we going to offer them? And just like we got a strong army, we got a strong navy, we got a strong air force. We can play a deciding factor in any of these wars. The thing is, is there's going to be, you're going to lose American soldiers. So how many is too many? And there's going to be retaliation. We don't know what Russia might do as far as domestically, what, what pools they have, ability to spread propaganda, misinformation. We don't know that. So that's where we need sane, rational people in charge. Like, you would hope. It's very scary when, if, you, if you've been paying attention to our show, Joe Biden is not the one really you want responsible for this decision. So l- let's go back through the history here. That's why I was late. I made an advanced paper today, a, a real timeline. We're going to go through year by year and try and get to the bottom of, should we get involved? Is there a right or wrong party? What can we do? As citizens, not in the government, as I guess you can take us at our word, we're not we're the least funded people in the news business. So neither Ukraine or American government is trying to pay us to do anything here. I, I Trump's in, everyone's involved. Trump, Hunter, Paul Manafort. This should be a great movie if you condense the last twenty years into a couple of seasons. If you watched the last week, like you were binge watching a Netflix series, well, that was painful. That was, and, and you're completely uninformed. I am surprised that nobody in the news has taken a second during their hour news block to go through the timeline. Because there's a lot of, it's a salacious story. So let's just go back to the beginning. This country is as old as me. It was born in 1991. So we're talking, this is an infant nation when you look at world history. Maybe three years old. If you're looking at decades as years for a nation. 
Great Britain is 100. We're 28. Go through China. It's debatable. It's changed so many different times. But either way, they get their independence. Cold And so the Cold War ends. Now, what was the Cold War? Not a hot war. Russia and America weren't lining up soldiers against each other. They were spying on each other and trying to overthrow each other's governments. And that went on, ever, World War II ended, that went on for 30, 40 years. These espionage, you think of how technology advanced during that time period. They were constantly one-upping each other. So many conspiracies, you go through JFK. This has been intertwined for so long. But in 1990, both sides gave each other a wink and a nod that we're going to close our clandestine surveillance operations in our enemies' countries. Mm-hmm. Neither one did it. They just took them off the books. They took them off the CIA. They took them off of anything that they're being recorded, and they started fighting them in places like Ukraine. The battlefield went from not Russia, not Moscow, not D.C., but Kiev or Kiev, depending on the channel you watch. For the first 10 years of their country's existence, from 1994 to 2004, they were led by one Leonid Kuchma. I call him Leo Kuchma. He was pro-Russia. And he had to step down in 2004 a mix of uh, uh, being accused of corruption. His prime minister, Viktor Yanukovych, was the guy that would run in the 2004 election. Most notably, Paul Manafort, a one-time great political delegate hunter for the Bush, both for Bush family, mm-hmm. old man and junior, goes back to Reagan. So we're talking, and he has a couple Democratic ties, not in official president races and governor races. Either way, this guy's a political hitman. He doesn't run. But if you're a candidate of choice, he's the number one campaign manager. If you're looking for, if you're a Republican or Democrat, you want this guy to get all the signatures Mm -hmm. to make sure the paperwork's done. You got your interviews lined up correctly, the correct donors. This This is your guy. Well, he left American politics politics after he got George Bush elected in 2000 and reemerged here in the Ukraine in 2004 as our boy Viktor Yanukovych, his uh, campaign manager. Now, for the remainder of this timeline, I am going to be referring to Viktor Yanukovych as Paul Manafort because his opponent and the one backed by Republicans and Democrats on, they were considered the Orange Party, was Viktor Yushchenko. So we got Viktor Yanukovych and Viktor Yushchenko. A lot, of similar, a lot of similar letters, a lot of similar people. That's why this gets so confusing because it's going to go back and forth for a decade. They would call these the color wars. Conspiracy theorists are Q supporters. This is when George Soros jumps in the mix. He wasn't backing Manafort. So we could say this is Manafort versus Soros, Manaverse versus Clinton, Manaverse versus Mitt Romney. The first time America comes up after 2004 is when Barack Obama is talking to Russia with the hot mic. Mm-hmm. And he goes, once I get reelected, I'll have more wiggle room. Republicans ran on it. What does he mean? Who, what's he saying to the Republican prime minister? What's he doing? What's he, I don't know. We're going to get some turmoil here when Obama's a lame duck in 2014, 2015. Now... Um, yeah, like I said, the the U.S. candidate, Republican Democrat, the idea is is the split in Ukraine was half the country wants to align with Europe, America, the other half wants to be Russian. If you go back before the thirty years they existed, they've been back and forth for centuries. They're actually a very fun group of characters. Like any one of these different elections I'm talking about, you could probably write a forty page dissertation on. 
just on how that individual election ran. But for the sake of the details don't relate, the only details you need to know that I'm trying to explain is this is, are you, is this country going to be in alliance with Russia or is it going to be with NATO? If it is with NATO and Europe, then that makes it become, it, it, it becomes a threat to, your, to Russia. As soon as Ukraine has aligned with Europe, then Russia is going to view them as a hostile enemy. And that has been, that goes back to 2008, one of Barack Obama's guys was telling, because that was one of the things is we, we could do the same thing that Putin's doing to Ukraine. We've been trying to do it using, I guess that's what I'm trying to highlight here. We've been doing this to soft powers. Our taxpayer dollars, whether it goes to Bush, Romney, Hillary, or Obama, we have been funding, similar to Yemen, similar to our different wars in the Middle East, we have been funding a coup party. We've been funding revolutionaries. We've been giving them guns. We've been helping them with propaganda. We've been helping them with their internet contacts. We've been helping them gain government positions. And in this particular situation, you have Democrats and Republicans on one side, Yoshenko. You have Paul Manafort on another. Now, he was American. He worked for many top American presidential candidates. Now he's arguing on behalf of Russia and Ukraine. So a bit of a unique position here. He has some success. Uh, what would end up having in 2004, he'd win by one. Per- we went over this in the last episode. He'd win by 1%. There was a recall, a big overturn. They ended up giving it to Yashenko. Three years later, he wins again. Corruption, lost in 07. Here we go in 2010. He actually wins. That's when, remember, since Yanukovych, I'm struggling with these names, Yanukovych is pro-Russia. They're going, they're not going to join NATO. They're not going to join NATO. NATO. This comes to a head in 2013, 2014, when he explicitly spikes the football to not join the organization. That led to a three-month coup that ended in thousands dead. The city of Kiev, Kiev, Ended up overthrown. The sequence, I guess, so the importance after that is that was in 414. If you look at it on Wikipedia, um, they call it the Orange Revolution. If you look at it, look at it from an alt-right site, it was a bloody massacre where uh, Jimmy Dore does a good job of talking about this. There was false flag operations. There were people killing their own people. Either way, a bunch of basically neo-Nazis managed to trick a whole bunch of these orange, this orange revolution to reseat the government in favor of pro-Europe. So if you're Putin at that time, you had been winning the game, when I say winning the game fairly, you're both doing clandestine operations. Paul Manafort's managed to win for you for 10 years. That guy has, it has to step down for corruption. Well, if Paul Manafort is his campaign manager and he was corrupt, you think they're both criminals, right? You think? In 2014. Now, this was two years. Obama was in his sixth year. Yeah. So when this all happened, and this was public, man, because I was, I was a big Manafort. I'm not a fan. I respected him. He's someone kind of like when I was young in political science. So who gets the delegates? Who's the one that figures out the rules? Yeah, there's the one person that helps with the debate. You get the guy that helps with speech writing. But when it comes down to filling out, like creating a ground game, trying to get how, like all, all these different signatures, who's the person in charge? Paul Manafort was always one of them. 
And the fact that he flamed out in the Ukraine, it was widely viewed as he was just trying to get his bag. He was trying to make his mill mm-hmm. after running everyone else's campaigns for so long, and it bellied up. Either way, this is important because, so pause the clock with me. We're at 2014. Paul Manafort is on the run. Um, Prime Minister or President Viktor Yanukovych, the pro-Russian side of the Ukrainian presidency, he's on the run. The Democrats, DNC, RNC, neocons, pro-America Ukrainians are now in charge of Ukraine. This is 2014. Obama has two years left. He's a lame duck president. What happens at that point? 2014... The, the, the DNC backed the coup in Kiev. In 2015, Burisma pays Hunter $50,000 to join an energy board. So Vice, so Vice President Biden backs a coup in Ukraine. The new government hires his son with no energy experience and pays him $50,000 a month. to adv- Apparently the name Biden is so valuable in Ukraine that it was worth that much money to a ma- now mind you saying energy major energy because that's going to be a fight we're having now between Republicans and Democrats mm-hmm. is when you drill or who should drill it is important to notice that in 2015 Hunter was appointed to an energy board after his dad backed a coup in that country a real coup not Jan 6 it actually resulted in a turnover in government a couple months later you're going to remember this famous uh, uh, press conference where Biden brags about withholding funding to Ukraine to defend themselves against Russia if they won't fire whoever the head prosecutor was of Burisma. So Burisma is under investigation. Biden withholds the country's funding, Burisma being the company that employs his son, withholds that country's funding if they do not fire the guy prosecuting his son's business. We didn't at that time. We didn't know any of it. You wa- you would have watched that press conference. Biden was joking. He's laughing. He's trying to play like he's the tough guy. He said, "I don't have to call Obama. Wheels up in two hours if you don't give me another response, tough guy." I wish I had that video queued up. That's where if you had a little more. Pr- but that was over. So keep moving. Keep moving here. Um, uh, for threatens of phony aid. Here we go. 2016. Manafort reappears to join the Trump campaign. And this was when Trump had won the popular vote in Louisiana. We're going back to the primary of diversity. Where you had the Republicans run. They had their, a 19-person field. You had every different... You had Ben Carson, Black Doctor, Carly Fiorino, mm-hmm. the businesswoman, Bobby Jindal, the Indian mayor. But the goal was Marco Rubio, the Cuban, Rand Paul. You had uh, Chris Christie, Jeb Bush... Jeb, exclamation point, this whole field, and then the orange man. And this orange man comes in and starts calling everyone else there losers. And it works. The, the people love it. The news is eating it up. But he can't get the delegates. He, he can't figure out the election math. That's the thing that Paul Manafort does. It's one thing to be good at speeches. It's another thing to be good at reading the room, to be the handshakes, the, what are they, the grabbing grins, whatever they call it. It's another thing to be able to do the math to actually organize to get yourself elected. Well, Paul Manafort just appears out of the blue, joins Team Trump, is there for three months, kills it, gets Trump to be the overwhelmingly win- overwhelming winner. So he joins in um, March 2016. By that summer, he's being accused of Russian ties. Trump has to fire him. 
So if you're if you're Team Trump's timeline, he started with Corey Lewandowski, then he got Paul Manafort. There was a big fight between them. Corey ended up being correct. He kind of he knew that Paul Manafort was a sleazeback. It didn't matter because he needed his knowledge to win. The question I presented last show, last show was who sent Paul? Because how on one hand, Manafort got Trump to become the nominee of the RNC, which was his biggest obstacle. And if you read WikiLeaks by Julian Assange, who was also accused of Russian ties, the, the DNC wanted Trump to win. They thought he'd be an easy win. They thought, let this moron manage to get to the presidency. If we can't knock him out for racism, his association with Paul Manafort, which both parties knew about, when Paul Manafort was allowed to join his campaign, this Ukraine information was very public. Everyone knew that something was wrong with Paul. He's not the same Paul Manafort that worked American politics from 1980 until 2000. Something happened in the Ukraine that he is now a criminal. Now, this is important because now well, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. The reason Paul Manafort gets arrested is his ties to Russia. Now, at the time, we didn't know about Russia. We knew that he was working for Ukraine. What we just outlined for you earlier is, is that Paul Manafort was fighting for the Russian side of Ukraine. So at that time, Paul Manafort's just being, you knew that there was something shady that happened in the Ukraine. You just weren't sure about the Russian involvement because it's an American. And he has ties to both major parties. So when you say he's working for the opposition, was he trying to sabotage the opposition? Was Manafort's main job to go work for the Russians and blow it up? Because when you look at the result, this didn't go out, this didn't end well for Russia. Paul Manafort ended up doing just fine. He ended up being arrested for this and then pardoned by Trump, the guy that originally hired him. Now, I think there's a, a, an interpretation you could have here where Trump was unaware of all this stuff that was going on with Manafort in the Ukraine because he was an outsider. He looked at a guy with a good resume, got two former president, Republican presidents elected, and understood that he had electoral problems. So he brought in Manafort thinking, here's an easy solution. As soon as the New York Times came out saying that he had ties to Russia, he quit, Trump bagged them quick. But that was enough to start the Mueller report. From that, they tied him to Michael Flynn, which Hold ended on, up being part. That is not what started the Mueller report. Talking to Steele dossier? Yeah. Well, okay, so if you're, That's fo- what if, if, if you're following my logic here, the Steele dossier was nowhere to be found at this point. At this point, the Steele dossier was not talked about. Right, but that's not when the Mueller report launched. Well, no, when you look at the end result of the Mueller report, the only criminal arrest they made was Paul Manafort. Yeah. If you were the DNC or the RNC, you knew you could arrest him at any time. Before he even worked for Trump, they let him work for Trump for three months. And then they arrested him for something. Well, yeah, we all know. We've talked about this a million times on the show. They let him. They arrested him for something that had nothing to do with Trump. They let him go so that they could create a story. That's all it was. But the importance here is is this story was based around Russia when Manafort was arrested for his Ukraine ties. Okay. So he knew whatever Russia knew about Hunter in 2016. Like, all the dirt on Hunter was possessed by Manafort when Manafort was brought on board. But that might not have been explicitly known to Trump. Trump, I do not believe, was aware of all the Ukraine drama or how much it could affect his campaign because they didn't uh, didn't pursue the Mueller report, the Steele dossier, based off the Ukraine, where Hunter worked. 
They based it all off of Russia and some dumbass P tape by some ex disgraced British politician or British Secret Service guy on a the steel dossier. But that steel dossier that was the that was the third thing. That was after Flynn and Manafort. The first thing we got before Trump was ever elected, what I jumped on board was, you hired Paul Manafort, you just hired a criminal. And the assumption was the only reason Trump hired him is because Russia wanted him to win. Because they were trying to do the same thing here that they did in the Ukraine and get their guy in charge. That's why they sent Paul Manafort, the same guy who ran the guy in Ukraine stuff. And that allowed the DNC or whoever, the FBI, to open a whole investigation because we knew Paul Manafort was a criminal. The rest ended up, Flynn got, ended up thrown out and all the, the other seven Trump points of contact looked like, looked, like, looked accidental. Nothing compared to what in, so what would end up happening, we get the Mueller um, investigation kicked off 2016 through 2017. That resulted March 7th, 2019, Manafort's arrested for Ukrainian corruption. Nothing related to the Mueller report. Yeah, I know. I've been we've been and discussing. He, well, so he ended up getting pardoned by Trump by the fall of. So he gets pardoned by the fall of 2019. You have the Hunter Ukraine corruption exposed. So by the spring of 2019, we were going to run an impeachment of Trump based off of the Mueller report. That all comes in flat. And they decide to try and run an impeachment on him because he starts trying to hunt down Hunter's laptop. So in that in the um, let me get the date in the fall of 2019, this becomes a a Fox News story. You'd catch it occasionally on liberal news, but it would take a full year till it was accepted. But later that winter, we had a Trump impeachment because he called what is currently the president Zelensky to try and ask him, "Is there an investigation going on in the Hunter? Do you know anything about this?" He said, "I can't say, but if there is, I will." The DNC called on him and said, Trump's trying to use his political influence to get rid of his political enemy, Joe Biden, who wasn't even a favorite at that time to win. That's where it didn't make any sense. We talked about in the last one. Looked like it was going to be a prison swap. Looks like they were going to have John Bolton interview from the Trump administration. They were going to have Joe Biden or Hunter go from their side. But they both have to be canceled. Neither one would be a viable candidate moving forward. That all just completely disappears. But with it, the Hunter Biden laptop does. So COVID hits and we quit talking about the impeachment. Everyone goes, that was stupid. That was silly. You don't have the grounds to impeach him. 52 people vote on it. It's nothing. Hunter Biden's laptop now is forever confused. Now what Hunter Biden's laptop is, is a lot of the stuff that he did in the Ukraine, which... Now where's this laptop? Is it destroyed? No, there were three of them that turned up in a what are they doing with them? print shop. Currently, there is a two-year investigation that has been going on from the FBI into Hunter Biden. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. They, not, and, and, we're not going to get it until after the presidency. Well, and that's, if we even get it, there probably won't even be one. Like on, like there's nothing we're going to ever do about it. I think right now the repercussions of it. Oh, well, okay. So let me let me try and. Wrap you think up. they're at war because of Hunter Biden? I think so. Let me let me finish this timeline here. January 6, 21, Biden replaces Trump as president. In 2019 is when the current president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, took over as a pro EU 
pro-U.S., pro-NATO, anti-Russia president. So as soon as that happened, Russia perceived Ukraine to be an increased threat. Well, yeah, it's because they're making partnerships with the U.S. That doesn't just come down to Hunter Biden. Well, Hunter Biden, just the vessel doing the dirty work in the backside. So if you're concerned, if you're Putin and your concern is Ukraine's tying to the U.S., what's the one thing it appears that Putin has control of in the U.S.? Joe Biden, or at least the Democratic Party. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Joe Biden, probably. I mean, at least Joe Biden, probably. I don't really think that I don't think Russia has control of Joe Biden. I think they have all the dirt on his family. Oh, I mean, yeah, they probably do have dirt on his family, but and that when I say control, that's the control. I'm basic when I say control. But so does China, and, and, so, and so does all of Chi- China is allied with Russia. Russia is right. tied directly to Ukraine, and mind you, so the important thing which we didn't get to is is when it wasn't just Hunter Biden that got job in the Ukraine. But this is just speculation. We don't we don't have any clue. I'm. Trying to lay out, I, I actually you don't, you don't know what dirt they got though. I don't know. It's just speculation. We're just we're saying it looks like they probably have dirt on him to keep him out of the war. Putin has has Joe made any moves to want to go to war? No, he's not. So, I mean, that's possibly why he's staying in office. The reason why Joe Biden can't do anything, or the reason why Russia is acting in the way that they are, as if they know. Remember, Fox and everywhere saying they've lost their minds. Putin's lost his mind. It appears that he just knows that we're not going to do any aerial attack. Yeah, I believe he knows that. Yeah. Well, if it was Trump, I don't think he'd know that. I don't think he'd know that because Trump's kind of like crazy. I don't think he has dirt on Trump. I think he knows that Biden can't do shit. The DNC can't do shit right now. Yeah, it, it wasn't, this isn't him being a genius, and I guess that's where this is the state of the union. Is the the Democrats I mean, can't you have you have a pretty good idea. Like the conspiracy that he has something on Biden it seems pretty rock solid. I'll give you that. I was, it's I not agree. being addressed on. on but on there's the no networks. there's no like uh, evidence. You don't have the evidence. I think right now him not attacking. That's what I'm trying. It's to, not evidence though. It's just I, theory. I, my argument is that if if you're watching CNN, hey, but you're right. If you we we invade countries for much less. If if you're watching <laughs> CNN, then there's no reason. I guess CNN is going to look stupid in a week if Biden does nothing. I'm waiting for Biden to just run a, a surprise attack mm-hmm. and just do like we check our phone all of a sudden and out of the blue. Yeah, running uh, way out, over out of the blue. We actually decide to try and make some dent in the convoy. Mm. I don't think that's in the cards. and I don't think that's in the cards because Putin is very confident in his hand. It's not because he's uh, losing his mind. It's because he is in very. He understands that Democrats. Are, we have protests going on in our own home front. He can do the same operation that Justin Trudeau just did in Ottawa. He can do in Kiev, where he surrounds the city with tanks and police and starves out the protest. Doesn't matter how peaceful. You, we we got hung up on the guns last time. However many guns you give these people, at the end of the day, your gun can't shoot through a tank, and the tanks are just going to shrink the perimeter. Until you're all hostages. This is never, I, I don't think this war is ever going to get hot. I think he's going to take the same patience that Trudeau took and wait it out. And he's confident enough that he can do that without anybody from NATO doing, including us, doing anything. So when Biden came out last night during the State of the Union and was talking trash and, you know, Putin's stupid and this is, he's going to regret this, I sure hope. Because if you're watching this objectively, Ignore that's why ignore the hunter thing. 
we have so many issues going on in this country, oil-related, that we just can't afford to screw with their market. And that's where we didn't, another thing I didn't get to is the first thing that Biden did as president was he canceled the Keystone Pipeline, where that made Russian, Russia's oil more valuable. What was the first thing that the Ukrainian president did when Joe Biden became president? He shut down three of the right-wing pro-Russia news sources, shut down, canceled, eliminated media. And because a lot of them, remember, since Ukraine was zone one of Biden's dilemma, a lot of people in Ukraine know about Hunter. So there were a lot of news publications that were talking about it. And they were all canceled as soon as Biden was elected president and Mm -hmm. Trump was kicked off Twitter. So if you're Russia at that point, you have Ukraine kicking off your media sources. You have America elect a president that has issues with Russia, a party that has issues with Russia. You have them going through an energy crisis as well as misinformation, whether it be COVID, whether it be critical theories. We're having all these internal squabbles about gender, all that stuff. We're not fit to fight a war. We're, we're vulnerable. And that, but that's China. That's China with TikTok. All these people on TikTok. And if China and Russia China's are working together, creating the algorithm. If China and Russia, stupid. if China and Russia are working together, which they are. I mean, that's obvious. So, I don't think anybody doesn't know. So it's is. I'm not condoning. That's why, please, I'm not condoning Russia's decision whatsoever. And I wish we could support the Ukrainian people, but right now Russia's looking at our hand. And we calling, can't. He's calling a bluff. We can't do. We're it. screwed. Yeah. When you look at this hand, who? What moral high ground? We've screwed the Ukrainian people just as much as Putin. Mm-hmm. When I say we, not me, the United you. States. The United States government. So it's like right now, if you're watching this, everybody should feel sympathy for the Ukrainian people. But what you need to understand that nobody has been looking out for them, from what I can tell, their entire 30-year thirty year history. Yep. So to wrap up the show, call your own foul. Call your own foul. Wants the, to know. Hi, mom. When somebody, somebody needs to investigate. All of this. Russians intel on joe biden yes 